3: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders.
0: right, hour number two. Taking the up to noon, then we will give way to D'Lo and Kenny, right here on Sacramento Sports Leader. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Insiders.
5: What? You catch it every time. Like I would have already said it like eight times. Like I would have said, oh, D'Lo and not Kenny. Yeah, D'Lo and Kenny. Yeah. No KC it. this week. No KC this week. I love the it's bit, Kenny. Thank you. It is Kenny.
0: It is Kenny, Kenny Caraway, of course. It's still technically the guy with those initials, but because it's Super Bowl week and the 49ers are playing, Kansas City, we're eliminating Casey from the conversation. I love it. We're rolling with it. Thanks, man. I'm glad you like it.
5: Uh, we don't know if Kenny's going to be here today. Uh, yeah, it's TBD. Yeah, it, it is TBD. I haven't seen him come through yet. He has uh, uh, some stuff.
0: might to be just Love. I don't know. It might be. Tap in to find out. Thanks, yeah. everybody, for listening on the radio on the free Odyssey app, and of course, everybody in uh, on ESPN 1320 TV. That's youtube.com slash ESPN 1320, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1320. Also streaming live on Twitter at ESPN 1320. Wherever you're watching, we appreciate you very much. If you're on YouTube, hit that little like button. Also subscribe to the channel. So all of our content is right there at the top of the page when you log in. All right. First of all, we were having a conversation at the break, about muting versus blocking on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And the reason I mute people is because it's usually for something that's not that egregious or something that's like, okay, this is annoying. I'm just going to mute this so it doesn't show up in my mentions anymore. Okay. And then that person maybe will reply to something later and it shows under your tweet like you've muted this person. I'll look and I'll go, oh, okay, that's like I muted them for some reason that they can be unmuted now. Yeah. it allows me to do that whereas blocking really doesn't. Once you're you're blocked, you're out of here.
5: I have like gone out after a game and gone to walk to my car and like there are fans there and like, like, Hey, what's going on? And I'll say hello. And then Mm -hmm. they'll be like, Hey, you blocked me. And I'm like, okay, you're probably being a knucklehead. That was pretty (laughs) rare that I blocked somebody. And typically it's when they say something overtly offensive aimed at somebody, whether it's a Kings player or a Kings coach, like you can sit there and and bag on a coach all you want and say Mm -hmm. that they should fire this coach or blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. But when you get, like profane and yes. offensive. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, I don't have time. Yeah, and gone. I don't want it in my it's timeline. Gone. I don't yep. want it in my timeline.
0: Yep. Gone. Yeah. I met I met somebody at a ninety five seven event one time and they went, Hey, yeah, I'm a huge fan. You blocked me on Twitter. I don't know why. And they went and looked <laughs> and they had like mother Fed me and this and that and I was an idiot and <laughs> blah blah. I'm like, dog. like what is this he's like oh it's going through something sorry i'm a huge fan (laughs) yeah all right all right you get unblocked all right you're nice in person like (laughs) stop doing that stop Stop (laughs) being a keyboard warrior (laughs) yeah there we go all right let's get to we have a bunch of sound to get to in this in this segment so super bowl media day was yesterday Putting a pin in Kings. We'll get back to the Kings momentarily. Yes. Super Bowl Media Day was yesterday, and that is where the players from each team come into the stadium and they do these onstage uh, interviews where it's blasted over the PA, and then there's like individual press conferences. It is a madhouse. You've got uh, Jimmy Fallon's crew there like messing with players, and you've got people from different podcasts asking, you know, when was the first time you benched 315 pounds? Like those kind of questions.
5: Yeah, if you're a Smoothie King smoothie, what flavor would you be? Right, that's your favorite. It is.
0: <laughs> uh, we here prefer Jamba Juice. That's right. If anybody from Jamba Juice wants we to, would like to sponsor, sponsor the show. show. Yeah. We regularly, every morning, it's just us like this.
1: Mmm.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: That protein berry workout sure does taste good in the mornings. My peach perfection is
5: wonderful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just look at all the boosts you can get. No. All right, so Andy Reid. Andy Reid, the Chiefs head coach, got asked a question about the 49ers, and listen to the listen to this response. I don't even know what the question is, but it's a very generic answer about the 49ers. And listen to how he answers this question.
2: Yeah, listen, they're they're good. Yeah, I mean, they're a good team. So, um, and they are favored, which we understand. We had ups and downs this year. So,
0: if you didn't hear that, he went, "Yeah, they're a good team, and they are favored, which we understand. We've been up and down this year." That is an NFL head coach referencing
5: the point spread of a football game they're in. I I just wonder, like if if he's, like he pulled out Prize Picks and started saying, "Well, if I were to choose, one, <laughs> I definitely would go with the Mahomes ninety nine percent off one yard. All he needs is right, one yard, right. and More or I less I would a yard after that." I'm not sure, because I'm not going <laughs> to... Kadarius Tony, 52 yards or more, more or less. I don't think I'm taking that. Yeah, I'm going less on that. I'm going no, less. <laughs> it's just, it's it's so it's so
0: funny how entrenched sports betting has become in sports. It's everywhere now. That not only is the coach yes. going, yeah, they're favored, and we understand that. We've been up and down this year. He's not only saying they're favored, he's like, yeah, but given how the betting markets work, like, <laughs> what? That's, but I think this just sounds new because, and he's not saying they're favored like, oh, the general public is just kind of in general picking them to win. It's literally the sports book has the 49ers as two point, one, two, two and a half point, depending on the book, point favorites over the Chiefs. And hearing a coach say this and reference that to me is not alarming like, oh my God, Andy Reid, is he, is he how does he know? Is he betting on it? It's not even that it's just that it's so permeated into the sports conscience now that you have head coaches that are just vaguely or maybe acutely aware of how many team of how many points their team is either favored or dogs by
5: yes underdogs that's like, like look it, it's so much it's part amazing of, of how we watch the game it's part like and yeah. that's where yeah, the podcast is sponsored by Prize Picks, and and I put out the Kings Prize Beat Picks. podcast. The Kings Beat podcast mm-hmm. is sponsored by Prize Picks, and I and I go out and I put Prize Picks things out every game. I am horrible at it, but it doesn't mean I'm not having a good time, right? Uh, like, and we have a good time, and as a media group doing it when mm-hmm. everyone's together at a Kings game. But I, I think that that's it's just such it is like it found its way in, mm-hmm. and let's be honest, the game is in Las Vegas. You let a team move to Las Vegas. Yeah. It's in Las Vegas. Like our sh- I sure do hope no players get in trouble this week for doing something stupid, like walking up to a sports bet window, like don't be dumb. Don't be dumb.
0: Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure there were many, many meetings about what is and is not legal from a sports betting perspective, uh, with the
5: league's rules. I hope everyone is like sitting there, like they've had these conversations again and again and again with these
0: because yeah. And remember
5: players have been suspended for betting legally in
0: States. Yeah. But at like the team hotel, they (sighs) get suspended from the NFL for that because they were on, they were at the team hotel and not outside. Mm. Just, yeah, I'm with you. You got to know, know all the rules. A couple more really quick. Here's bro. Brock Purdy got asked about Taylor Swift, obviously.
2: It's late in the fourth quarter. Are you prepared to disappoint Taylor Swift? Yes. (laughs) You
0: know why that answer's perfect? Yes. You know why that answer's perfect? It it exudes confidence. Like, Yeah. yeah, I'm ready to do that. But it wasn't Disrespectful. No, you can't use it as bulletin board material. He's answering the question. Swifties aren't going to come after him. Chiefs players aren't going to be like, hey, do you see what he said about Travis's girlfriend? He just went, yes. And then he says it's not in that clip, but he goes, I'll leave it at that. There it is. Purdy under pressure again, coming through. There he is. Good job, Brock. And then Franchise quarterback, Brock Purdy. Talk about people making uh, decisions. Kyle Shanahan made a decision before heading to the podium last night. At least, let me... It sounds like Kyle Shanahan made a decision before going to the podium last night. Here he is talking to NFL Network's Michael Robinson.
6: When the owner comes in after training camp practices and is like, hey, how's the quarterback? And he, what he means is the starter or the second. And you and Irritation go, I don't know, but our third guy's the best. Like That's not what he wants to hear. So that's why he remembers it very strong. But that was just more, Brock was so good right away with every rep he got. He was always the same. And he only got a couple of them. So it was easy for me to say. Because in his few reps, he was the best. But if you know that for a fact, I mean, then you do what you do right away. But he was the best. and But you ease that on. And every time he got a little more reps, it was the same as when he only got two. And so when it was all said and done and he got a lot of playing time, I was like, oh, this looks exactly like what I told you when I was irritated. (laughs) And he only had three reps. And I said, no, he's the best. But that's what was so real about Brock. That's why after his seven games, his rookie year, even when he got hurt, we knew what we had because he'd been that way in practice every day. And it was the exact same way in the games.
5: Scotch,
0: scotch, scotch. Dude. I love scotch. Vodka Red Bull, per sources. But – (laughs) <laughs> My man was here. There's two. He was either feeling himself before going out there and was like, This is going to suck. I'm going to have a couple drinks. Or I couldn't really tell. Maybe it's playing over a speaker and it was one of those things where he's hearing himself back. Uh, and it, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced yes. this on television. And if you haven't, when you're talking and you hear yourself on delay, you start to slow down to you literally nature. just like right because it's it doesn't pulled. work, yeah, yeah, and because you're trying to not repeat yourself, so you're you talk like this, so the yeah. sound isn't coming through as fast. So I, I thought maybe that's what it was, but I think it was just having a good time,
5: whatever it was. I'm here for it. I am also here for it.
0: I, I mean, well, uh, like if you're put the Super Bowl in Vegas. This man, is going to happen. Look, here is if you're done for the night and like, yeah, I got to go do this media responsibility and then I'm going to go to bed.
5: Like, yeah, man. T-
0: if that's what he did, again, not, I don't know if he did or not, but if that's what he did, I'm go here on. for it. All right. It's not like he's not, it's not like he went, hey, you know what? Instead of watching film, I'm going to do this. <laughs> no, he's, he's already watched all the film own... he's going to watch today. He's going to do it again today and the next day. Probably going to catch Blue Man Group. Yeah, maybe, maybe see you know, Cirque du Soleil and call it good. We didn't get to the A's getting fried by the mayor of Las Vegas on the front office sports podcast. We'll listen to that next on ESPN 1320.
4: You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
0: A few questions in the chat about Sasha Vasenkov. We can talk about that in a little bit. I want to get to this sound from the mayor of Las Vegas, though. And James, I know you're in the same boat as me in terms of the A's leaving. Yeah, lifetime A's fan. Them leaving Oakland just, just hurts. And I'm not necessarily optimistic that they're going to wind up staying in Oakland somehow. Um, I, I think that the John Fisher's unwillingness or seeming unwillingness to sell the team and the fact that it appears that the relationship between the current A's regime and the city of Oakland has fractured to a point beyond repair. Like all of that stuff has me more pessimistic than optimistic, but these little things just keep happening. In Vegas, from the Vegas side, whether it's um, schools over stadiums or a teacher's union that is suing the state for the way SB1 passed. That's the bill that gave the A's the $380 million in public funds to help build their stadium on the Tropicana site. And now the mayor of Las Vegas has spoken out. And I was certain I don't know what what you thought, but when I first saw that she spoke, I was like, "Oh, I bet she's like, oh, we can't wait to have them and this and that." It turns out she's not on the side here.
5: She has come out with a statement after the fact, but I, I want i her her words speak here. Like like, let her words speak for her in my opinion, yeah, because she was on a podcast. she she said what she wanted to say. She was on the front office sports
0: podcast, speaking from the hip, not in a PR crafted
5: statement. That's right.
0: And here, here's the first thing she said about how things have gone working with the A's in Las Vegas.
1: Well, I mean, it's your government. It really is. I mean, you've got to find, I mean, to me, if you want something badly enough, you find a way to get it done. Um, certainly here, I think those who've been involved with the conversations and the planning, Um, And as I said, Dave Cabal and his team have uh, many, 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 many meetings uh, picked on different sites. This one's definite. Nope, they don't like it anymore. This one's the one. Nope, not that one. And that's the reason I keep thinking there's something wrong here Um, and maybe just waiting it out and. Um, It's not a vote because the people, I'm not sure the funds are there. So how do you find and make the funds happen? I just know that Mr. Fisher, um, a long time um, successful family, in my opinion, needs to listen to the people that are up there. It's their team. Mm. Mm.
0: Mm. Carolyn Goodman, welcome to the resistance. Come on, the mayor, the mayor of Las Vegas is like, yeah, they have all these meetings and they have this site and that site. Oh, my God. That doesn't sound like a person who has been thrilled to work with the Oakland A's.
5: No, I don't know anyone that is thrilled to work with them. Like, and I think everybody from Major League Baseball to even Las Vegas and certainly in Oakland, everybody that gets done dealing with them feels the same way. Just sell the team. I mean it, Las Vegas they want him there so they can get the team there and then he can get out mm-hmm. that's that's okay but, the but he can't even do that because
0: of the no. stipulations put in place by Major League Baseball because they were so worried that he's such a snake
5: that he's gonna get his move and then sell the team dude sell it that's all like just just call Lake up and sell the team or just you know what like he's gonna try to work here to get it to Sacramento. Uh, like temporarily Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like I'm okay with that because I don't think the guy's going to, at the end of the day is going to have the finances or anything else in place in Vegas. And I I feel bad for, for Oakland, but again, Oakland has allowed, they've enabled some of this behavior. A little bit for sure. They have over the course of like 15 years. Yeah. like You should have figured out a way. And look, Sacramento did the same thing Mm -hmm. for years and years and years. They did the same exact thing. They, they didn't appreciate what they had. And then they got an ownership group in the Maloofs who like, you know, won and everyone got all excited, but then they couldn't get a deal done that they thought was good for them. Mm -hmm. And then they tank Q&R, like all these things happen, right? But at the end of the day, the best thing for Sacramento, best thing for the NBA was to get those guys out of here. You can't be owners anymore because you're, you don't have the money to be an owner. And it's the same thing with Fisher. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? He's doing a nine acre parcel, like on the backside of the strip where they still, they're not even tearing down the building for like three years. You know, it's funny you say that because the mayor of Las Vegas feels the same way.
1: We had entertained them down here. We have a very large complex, probably about 60 acres. We probably could cobble together more land so they could possibly have a hundred acres. Um, and it's in the historic old part of town, which is where all major interstate highways come together. We have seven access points to it. It is in an opportunity zone. There are all these benefits. And so when they said no, I thought, hmm, this doesn't make sense. Here's a great site. They can get a great price on it because it's owned by the city. We went out to reach for them, and yet, no, they're going to go out, want to get closer to the strip with all the congestion and everything. And I thought, this does not make sense. And so why is it happening? And then I thought, well, because they really want to stay in Oakland. They want to be on the water. They have that magnificent um, dream, and yet they can't get it on (laughs)
0: big ups to carolyn goodman for saying that out loud yes she at the beginning of that was describing the original site that the a's were going to buy in las vegas 60 plus acres you heard her say they could have gotten them probably 40 more acres so 100 acres to build this ballpark and hotel and whatever they want to do with it they can just have this their own section of the city and they went. Actually, no. We want nine acres in the middle of the strip where they're going to tear down a building where there's not access points, and there's they're not going to own anything parking. else. There's they're no not- development. Right. The the developments. Right. The development There is no twelve
5: billion dollar arena like complex that they were going to build in Oakland. Mm-mm. All of that's no, none, none of it. Wild man. This whole thing is crazy. It's, it's they don't crazy. Even, hey, like, and we don't even know what the thing looks like. They've they're still not so come behind up with behind, renderings. Man. They probably don't have the money to pay for renderings. Probably not. Like I'm surprised. Again, they didn't like Mr. Bean this thing and like take one of the old renderings and like pencil across the top. Well, this is what a dome would look like on top of this. Like, well, but that's but that's the
0: whole thing. So remember, it was going to be a retractable roof stadium. And then they went, you can't do that on nine acres. What are you doing? So my guess is, I don't know this. My guess is the reason the renderings portion of this is taking so long is because they paid for renderings on a massive site. yeah. And all of those renderings, somebody went, hey, uh, that's not going to work on nine freaking acres. <laughs> so now they're trying to figure out, I think what you just said, they're trying to Mr. Bean it and just just uh, erase and try and modify the old renderings because they don't want to pay for new
5: ones. I think you know what, Kyle. If they turn the stadium on its end, they <laughs> probably could fit it on the nine-acre parcel. Yeah, I mean, and just have a, right. a baseball field on on its side, mm-hmm. like that, a pinball game kind of. Yeah, yeah, like uh, just like <laughs> just tilt that thing, what just a, tilt it.
0: What a freaking joke, man! You know what? Hey, Katrina makes a great point in the chat. It's a complete crap. Damn right it is. That, that's right. this is completely BS. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Sell the team, dude. And that's how we're going to go out. All right. Good, bad, and ugly from the Kings loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers last night. A couple of the rotation things that we talked about a little bit early in the show. We will dive into those next. And then one of D'Lo or Kenny will be in here. I haven't seen Kenny yet. My guess is it's D'Lo. But the handoff coming up as well on ESPN 1320 Sacramento SportsCenter.
4: You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento sports leader.
1: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
4: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
7: This is completely BS.
4: Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Manson, Brought to you by Jiffy Loop on ESPN 1320.
0: Congratulations to Trey Young and Scotty Barnes. are both Eastern Conference All-Stars. They are injury replacements for...
5: Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Joel Embiid.
0: Joel Embiid, very good.
5: I I did just watch the uh, NBA TV has their their promo for the All Star media availability that's mm-hmm. coming up, and uh, they probably need to rework it because it, it does have like video of of like Demona Simona sitting there talking and everything else. Since since you snub the guy, you probably shouldn't use him in your promo video for the upcoming event. Just saying, like let let's be professional here. This
7: is completely BS.
5: Yeah, it is, it is. It is completely BS. Like you know, I I don't get that. But anyway, that's that's that's
0: outrageous. What happened tonight? This... <laughs> I'm not gonna play the whole minute. Fine. I, I love him. <laughs> Me too. He's All amazing. Right. Kings fall to the Cavs, one thirty six to one ten last night. Let's get to some of the good, the bad, and the ugly from that performance before we get to the handoff featuring one of Damian Barling or Kenny Caraway. Um I think the first good thing that you have to talk about is Damon Sabonis' 12 points, 19 boards and 15 assists, which yeah. looks fake.
5: Yeah, those numbers do look fake, right? 12 19 15. Um Sabonis is, is just been an incredible incredible consistent star player, all-star player. Yep. Uh, like the fact that he's not in the all-star game is a travesty. Uh the the league needs to figure it out um and and I feel bad for you know, Sacramento Kings fans who were out there waiting for someone in the Western Conference All Star team to get injured so their guy can get in, but uh, that's kind of the game. And you know, he was he was a monster, man. Like if if you can, like we talked about, he scored twelve points, right? Mm-hmm. But then those fifteen assists led to at least thirty points, and probably probably more like thirty six. Mm-hmm. So he attributed like forty eight to fifty points here. That's incredible. Like, he directly had a tie to all of those points. That's that's crazy.
0: Do you want to know all the players in NBA history who have had a game of at least 12, 19, and 15? How many? Russell Westbrook, who's done it three times. Yep. Guy Rogers, San Francisco Warriors legend, did it once. Oscar Robertson did it three times. Of course. W- Wilt Chamberlain did it seven times. Larry Bird once and Giannis once.
5: Okay. How many times has Sabonis done it? Once. Just, Just that's the night. first time? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. 12, 19, and 15 is hard to do, man.
5: Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, just think if it would have been like a 20, 20, and 15. That's uh, like that's just wild. So,
0: insane. Right. Uh, let's see. Demonis Sabonis is only the second player to ever have that stat line and lose.
5: Mm. Oof. Oof. Boy, they, everybody.
0: Wilt Chamberlain also lost on March 19th, 1968. Okay. <laughs> if anybody cared. Uh, it's so funny looking up Demonis Sabonis stats. Because it oftentimes puts Wilt Chamberlain front and center. It's just him and Wilt like and half some, the time. Listen to these stat lines. Uh, 22, 27, and 19. 26, 24, and 15. 15, 22, and 17. 22, 25, and 21. Oh 19, 27, and 16. 35, 24, and 15. And 31, 21, and 15.
5: That's incredible.
0: Insane insanely
5: dominant. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Back to it. Definitely back to it. Uh I think the the other good things from this game, uh, Harrison Barnes showed up again. Uh like he's he's found himself, he's worked his way back and he's let his voice be heard that he needs to be a bigger part of what's happening. Um 6 of 10 from 3, 22 points. Uh I think in this we we've talked about Malik Monk a lot today. But you just you just keep needing more Malik Monk when he's mm-hmm. on this kind kind of terror. Mm-hmm. You just want to let him go.
0: Yeah, just do your thing, man. Yep, their most important player. I would love to see him do that more. with With Harrison Barnes, I'm going to nitpick a little bit. It's great to see the shooting numbers.
5: Yeah, but he's got to do more.
0: He has to. And like I said, we talked about this so many times with him. It's not that I would I would say drop some plays for him early just to get him engaged. So maybe you get a couple assists and five six rebounds from him. But Shooting is great, but he's still not engaged in these other parts of the game. And that's that's a little bit of a problem for, for me if I'm
5: nitpicking. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree.
0: But the fact he's putting shots up, he's contributing in some way, which is more than than he could say early in the year.
5: You know, I'd say the the last thing from the, the good side of the good, the bad and the ugly is a five and two trip is incredible. Yep. That is yep. that is really, really good. It doesn't matter who you're playing to go five and two on a long seven game road trip, longest road trip of the year. That's tremendous, and I'm willing to give him a pass on the final game, as just like it all caught up to him.
0: Yeah, it caught up to him, and the Cavs are just good. Like they didn't lose to a bad team last night. I didn't watch the Kings and go, "Wow, this is a huge indictment on their attitude as a team or anything." Like, no, they were close, and then the Cavs pulled away late, and the score looked more lopsided than the than the game was as a whole. I think. Yeah, I agree. And, and their other loss was a was a nine point loss in Miami that was there for the taking against a Miami team that. Was trying not to lose its eighth game in a row. Yeah, that team was in the finals last year. So I don't. I I think if if I told you before this road trip through uh, Golden State, Dallas, Memphis, Miami, Indiana, Chicago, and Cleveland, if I had said I'll give you five and two, I think you would have taken it. Oh heck yeah! So
5: yeah, definitely um,
0: uh, a overall very successful trip.
5: I thought. I thought so too.
0: Uh, What about the bad stuff?
5: Um, Shot distribution. I don't like Keegan Murray and Demonte Sabonis taking nine shots each. That that needs to change. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah,
0: and that's what I, I get. I get that this is like a democratic offense, right? Yes. Like it's going to be very. Everybody gets. I I would way way rather I think, moving forward, and this may not happen this year because it's kind of a stark change, but into next year, I would love to see a very clear pecking order of like De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray, Demona Sabonis. Those are the dudes. Like, sorry Kevin, sorry Harrison, you might only get seven shots some nights, you might get ten here and there, but these are the guys who are going to be the primary scorers of the basketball. On a night-in, night-out basis, again, maybe there's the odd game where Herter's just red hot, or Sabonis gets in foul trouble, or whatever. But that's what I would like to see moving forward, because if the Kings are, are going to be a title contender, it's going to be the, on the back of those three guys.
5: Well, that and that's why I, I will keep continue to say, Kyle, that if you're going to like really take the next step with this team, it, it hurts. It's a band aid that you got to rip off mm-hmm. the players that you talked about, the Kevin Herters and the Harrison Barnes of the of the world. They need to be swapped out for pieces that make more sense to support the three. So they have to be the long athletic defender. It's got to be a true, you know, three and D Mm -hmm. shooting guard alongside of De'Aaron that can take some of the slack off De'Aaron. Like those are things you want these pieces. It's nice to have a guy like Kevin Herter who Mm -hmm. can get you three or four assists, who can get you five or six rebounds in a game and and hit a bunch of threes. Mm -hmm. But it's also, there is some uh, like, it's easier for a team to allow three players to step up and, and ascend if like say Contavious Caldwell Pope is at the, is at the right. two guard mm-hmm. or, you know, name that three and D, you know, guy sure. at, at the, at the three. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that that's where the, the next version of this team has to go, mm-hmm. which is, I, it's tough, but no, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm right there with you, man. It, it that's, that's pretty clear to me what, the Kings taking the next step is going to look like. It's yes. going to be more focus on those three guys. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but more of the offensive focus on on those three guys. There just can't be a night where where Keegan Murray and Damanis Abonis are combining to take 18 shots. Yeah, and that's then, just, and then of
5: course, you get the fourth guy. The fourth guy is going to be Malik Monk, yeah, right? right? That's, that's right. how this thing has to be built, yep. but you need the other players to... And that's why maybe Kyle Kuzma doesn't make sense. That's why maybe Jeremy Grant doesn't make sense. Sure. Maybe you need a much more defensive minded, but three point shooting version of those guys. And, and it's not easy, easy to find.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's because that's it, frankly what every team is looking for. Yeah, totally. And I think that's why, you, in fact, you we were talking about this a little bit yesterday, but that's why playing Kessler Edwards makes so much sense. Oh, totally. Because maybe he's that
5: dude. Well, and I would say that even if he's not that dude. He's giving you the roadmap to the dude you need. Mm, you mm. just need that, but a more seasoned veteran version that can actually be reliable on a night-in-and-night mm-hmm. night basis to shut down somebody defensively, but also provide this this offense that is more like... Complementary offense. Complementary offense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're standing in the corner shooting threes, and sometimes you, you get a layup here or there. Sometimes mm-hmm. you, you get a back cut. Sometimes you get... You know, a transition bucket. But realistically, if you shot more than eight or nine times in a game, that's like you've kind of gone outside of who you are as mm. a player, and that's okay. The, the Kings need to get to that point, though.
0: Aaron Gordon is the name that just came to mind when you were describing all that, and
5: I think Aaron Gordon's a really
0: like high level version of it. Yeah, but that kind of when you watch when you watch the Nuggets, it's very clear what Aaron Gordon's role is. No, totally, and it's, it's not as a primary scorer, scorer. But look at
5: the Nuggets are who you should be in a lot of ways, like. Building your your modeling your team after yep. you know you while they're they might be different positions or you're you're getting more production yeah. productivity out of Fox versus Murray, mm-hmm. um, you can see where Keegan Murray could become a Michael Porter Junior type player. Mm-hmm. You just need those the Candavious Caldwell Pope and the and the right. Aaron Gordon versions to go with him.
0: Aaron Gordon is nine point nine shots a night, and I'm guessing KCP is probably around the same thing.
5: Yes, maybe a little bit less.
0: Maybe uh let's see Contavius called well Pope. I did not realize he's six five. I thought he was a six three guy. Contavius um, called eight shots a night.
5: yeah, really, really, really strong defender
0: that's eighteen eighteen shots between those two guys is I think where where the sweet spot is. Yeah, I'm so. with you. Um, what else you got?
5: Let's see. uh get to the line. uh you know, the kings need to figure out how to get to the free throw line. Uh, they also need more than one rebound each from or one one combined rebound from their two forwards, Keegan Murray and, and Harrison Barnes. I'm going to give Keegan Murray a little bit of a break because Keegan Murray was defending Donovan Mitchell on the perimeter a lot. And mm-hmm. it's not easy to turn from there and go grab a rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else we got. Fox settled. Uh, settled. Um, he needs to go get inside more even against a long athletic team and yeah, get used- to the line
0: he's a good enough yeah he's a good enough finisher that i i i would like to see him not worry so many so much about shot blockers like he's he's fast yeah. enough and a crafty enough finisher and a good enough shot maker that that shouldn't deter him from from being a a force inside
5: there was even a moment in last night's game where he had taken donovan mitchell off the off the dribble mm-hmm. got to the basket had donovan on his back all he had to do is Bump back mm-hmm. and hit the layup and would have got the and one with no mm-hmm. question. And he just went up for a real quick layup because he was worried about the shot blocker. Yeah. And those are things where you're like, okay, you know, you, you need to get to the line.
0: It's bizarre that that was a problem last night and was clearly not a problem the first time they played Cleveland.
5: No. Well, Very strange. I, I, the first time they played Cleveland, Jared Allen got in foul trouble like super quick and was out of the game. Mm. Uh, like Sabonis just absolutely worked him over. Right. So uh, let's get to the ugly. Uh, the Kings are still trying to figure out how to defend the three ball. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on there, but like they just aren't defending the three at I, yeah. all in this game. And I thought they were a step slow.
0: So I, I think that that's that's part of it for sure. Where are they at on the season in three point defense?
5: Uh, that's a good question. You know they I'm are. They're, they're doing much better as far as, like, hitting their shots. They're at 71%. Ooh. A 70, 71, 37.1%. 29th and three-point
0: defense. Yeah. Team shooting 39.5%
5: against them. That's wild. That is crazy. That is, that is wild. And, and every 35 attempts a game. Everyone wants to talk about, you know, like, whether Sabonis is limited defensively. Their interior defense is, is perfectly fine. They're, they're. Uh, allowing their their 12th in the league and two-point field goal uh, well 13th, 13th in the league yeah. and, and two-point field goal percentage against yeah that that 29.5 stands out that's uh, definitely a design uh, that's by design so they need they may need to tweak that uh, during the the all-star break
0: yeah the, it, it's just teams are are too good now and too skilled now to just say I mean Orlando that that double overtime win against the magic we went into it going dude let orlando shoot it and then they made i think went 7 of 10 in the first quarter there was like three games that week where like let them shoot it and they're like hell yeah we'll shoot it <laughs> yeah and took ter- like nba players are just too good now that even a 30% three point shooter if that guy is wide open he's going to knock him down so yeah i think that that's a, a defensive adjustment they have to make because uh, that's just not a good way to go through life
5: well, and I'd also tell you that there are there are things in the league like self-fulfilling prophecies, right? You go up against a team who is known to be a bad three-point uh, defending defensive team, and so you come into the game knowing that you're going to get open looks and you need to hit them. And a lot of times teams who come in with that mindset that I'm going to get a bunch of open looks from three, they end up hitting their threes. And, you know, so it's possible that the Kings are – are horrible defensively, but it's also possible that guys come in with a little bit of extra confidence because that's the mo of the team you're facing, and, and so you gotta you gotta shake that. You gotta figure out a way to to not allow teams to shoot that kind of percentage from three. That's crazy, thirty nine point five. They almost give up 40 percent from the field uh, on three point shots.
0: Okay, so in the first half of the year, not not necessarily the first half, uh, before the turn of the calendar. Okay, in thirty one games. Teams were shooting 37.4% from three against the Kings. Mm. They finished at Memphis. That was the game that dominated the the Grizzlies, 123-92. And Memphis went 12-40. That's 30%. Then they went, this is three-point percentage allowed, 35, and I'm going to round up or down, 35, 57, 35, 54, 38, 42, 43, 47, 46,
5: 39. You got a problem. That's really bad. You got a problem, Kyle.
0: Oh my god! But
5: I think if you were to say, if you were to ask the coaching staff, which I probably will ask them this question, yeah, tomorrow, please do. Um, I, if you are going to ask them, they're going to say, "Well, but we're we're trying. We have to take away something." And because of uh. their limit, because they don't have a natural shot blocker, because they don't have like excellent defenders, like natural defenders. They're they're trying to shrink in and take away the easy buckets, and they're giving up more, more looks from the outside. Since the calendar turned, teams in,
0: how many games is this? 18? In 18 games, opponents are shooting 42.6% from beyond the arc against the Kings. That's not good. That is insane.
5: That's how you lose.
0: Every team turns into prime Steph Curry against the Warriors or against, against the Kings. Kings. Yeah. And the worst, but yikes, dude!
5: That that is a that is a wild, brutal number. <laughs> that is a wild stat. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, absolutely amazing stat. Oh. Uh, so they don't def- defend the three ball, and then the the other bad, the uh, the other ugly thing. Like I know I get a, a rap here for not liking Chevelle McGee, and and there are games where I are perfectly fine with JaVale McGee. I balance it out because I love JaVale McGee. I, don't, I know somebody, uh, so many people do love JaVale McGee, right? And I get it. But a game like last night, you're just sitting there watching. And you know how many people hit my, my uh, timeline and said, Hey, why is Alex Lynn not playing? And I don't have an answer for you. Like Dude. I thought Alex Lynn was impactful when he was in the game for that, like five games, seven game stretch. And then they go away from him, and I, I get it. Like you wanted to give JaVale some minutes on his birthday and and stuff like that. But what? Uh, but like I, I'm confused. Like we again, we talked ah. about this. If you gave JaVale McGee minutes against every team, hit every one of his former teams, then he's playing it almost every single night, dude. If that's what, if that's the impetus behind who's playing the backup
0: five for the Kings, yeah. It, what the hell are we doing here? I, yeah. oh it's his birthday oh it's his former team i don't give a damn yeah i'm, I'm d- confused d- d- man I, and this is not this is not i don't want to why d- do you damien,
2: hate javel mcgee
0: damien Barling, sir. i don't hate javel yes McGee. you do it's i don't hand-off. hate javel mcgee no just
2: say you hate javel I mcgee don't hate d- javel mcgee d- Yeah, Damian
0: barling coming up at noon
2: <laughs> <laughs> no kenny today uh no kenny today
0: okay so just damien coming up at noon um I don't think anybody uh, still D'Lo hi. and Casey. It's always D'Lo, D-Lo and, and Casey.
2: Kenny. It's D'Lo and Kenny. Oh, my my mistake. That's
5: Thank correct.
0: You. Yeah, D'Lo and Kenny this week. Yeah. Uh, also catch them on KSFM thirty seven. Anyways, um, it's not hating Javel McGee, but like by any stretch, in fact, he's one of my favorite players ever. But when you watch him in a game like last night, and then you watch Alex Len play, it's not. Su- it's not. Like, oh man, that's the reason they lost. It's not it's not anything like that. It's just wondering is you're trying to maximize the the quality of the King's rotations. It's just pretty clear clear to me that Alex Len is just the more productive of the two players. And it's confusing when Len plays and he's good and he's productive, and then oh and now here's two weeks of Javel.
2: Yeah, most of what Mike does to me is confusing. Hmm. I don't understand what Mike I don't I don't understand what he does with Chris Duarte and with Kessler Edwards. I don't understand what he does with Alex Lynn and Javel McGee. I I have no idea. I don't but either. like you said, that's that's not a direct reason as to why they're winning or losing games. No. But no, I I don't I don't understand it either.
0: And I think that's part of why the JaVale thing is uh, the Javel Alex Lynn thing stands out so much is what you just said. It's not like this is one thing. It is a season long. And for a while, and honestly, even still to, to this point a little bit, you're going, hey, you're trying to figure out who your best eight dudes are for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to figure out what lineups work and what lineups don't. It's just like on February 5th, it's just really clear who your best, I mean, third, I guess, technically center of Trey Lyles is going to be your your small ball five. Your best backup center, quote unquote, is. And I think it's really clear in the fact that they continue that that Mike Brown continues to mess with the rotations, and now Davion's in the lineup, now he's not, and now it's Alex Lano, and now it's Javale McGee, mm-hmm. and now it's it's uh, Chris Duarte, and now it's not. It just I, I think that there's some frustration setting in, especially as the team continues to kind of sit around where it was last year.
5: Well, I would say too, like if if your problem is defense, mm-hmm. I, I hate Javale McGee doesn't help you defensively at all. Not anymore. No. No, like I mean he gets he got beat to the basket by a couple of guys last night where you're like, what has happened? And he's not blocking shots at all. And, and sure, he grabs some rebounds, but I, I kind of liken it to like the Malik Monk versus uh like Trey Lyles. Like Malik Monk scores thirteen points and you remember every single one of those baskets. Mm-hmm. It was wild. It was super fun. Yeah. Trey Lyles over here was sixteen, but you don't remember any of yeah. it. You're like, Oh yeah, he had some threes, right? What wait, he had sixteen points? And that's where Alex Lynn goes out there, and he doesn't, he doesn't do anything spectacular, but he doesn't do anything wrong. He's tall. He stands tall. He plays goalie. He may not have the blocks, but he also is really good defensively at the rim. And sure, can he defend the three? No. But neither one of those guys can defend the three. So I'm just confused. Like, I, I get it. JaVale is a lot more fun to watch, but that's not what winning is usually about winning is usually about like having players that go in and play their role to a high degree and don't make mistakes and yep. that's why i'm always confused by it
0: i agree
2: you also hate Javel. i don't hate you <laughs> <No, she>
0: do. <laughs> I, I don't know what that man I don't did hate to you
2: JaVale. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what that man ever did to you uh but just every time javel does something on the floor i go oh great there's 12 minutes of James tomorrow. <laughs> 12 minutes of James going in on JaVale McGee. Great. Uh, that's All funny. because he dribbled the ball off his foot, picked it up, turned around, and shot a three. Which one of us hasn't done that? <laughs> she did that last night, right? He did. He did oh, <laughs> yeah, last yeah, no, last night. No, now, no. in fairness, the shot clock was winding down. <laughs> was Wait. it winding
5: down because of him?
2: Probably. That, <laughs> there the was... Co- the context isn't important. <laughs> I think I
0: was. I think I was. I think it's when I was in in Hawaii. I checked my phone real quick. I just checked the box score because I wasn't back at the hotel yet. I just looked at the box score, and the first thing I see on GameCast is JaVale McGee shot a three with like 17 seconds left on the shot clock. <laughs> I screenshot it and sent it to James. I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> What's happening in this game? Yeah, not good. Yeah. No, JaV- JaVale's fine. JaVale JaVale's fine. It's just. He has a, according to Basketball Reference, his net rating this year is zero. It's just a even straight up. uh, Alex Len's a plus nine. Yeah, little way better offensively, a little better defense, or a little worse. Plus nine per
5: one hundred per one hundred possessions. So like basically plus nine per game. Yeah, it's not just overall. He's a plus nine.
0: And maybe when they get to the playoffs, maybe it'll be Alex Len. But the fact that we're in February and we're still experimenting with the big man rotation is a little worrisome to me.
2: Okay, that's all.
0: I'm with you, Kyle. Anyways. Did you see drunk Kyle Shanahan last night, Damian? Oh,
2: that was tremendous. It was unbelievable. Yeah, he was he was feeling it.
0: I don't have a problem with it.
2: It's good stuff. I'm
0: kinda of I'm kinda of here for it, honestly.
2: I mean, that's kind of what media night has become now, right? Just yeah. kind of a circus of silliness. It sounds like there were some good questions asked last night, but for the most part, it's just silliness.
0: Yeah. I thought I did think the thing that got buried in the in the answer that we played um about him talking to Michael Robinson and he says he's talking about when he said Brock Purdy was the best quarterback in training camp during Purdy's rookie year. Mm-hmm. And he said in there, I said it out of frustration, mm-hmm. meaning like he was frustrated with how Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance are both playing. Mm-hmm. And that I thought was interesting. Yeah, no, Even absolutely. Even if it was a drunk mind speaking a sober heart. Kind
2: well, of I think sometimes when people are drunk is when they're the most honest. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's so what I was like. Ask Kyle Shanahan <laughs> all of your questions yeah, tonight. <laughs> yeah, he,
2: he, he very, very, well, very well may tell you anything yeah. at this point. So,
0: all right. Uh, Damian Barling coming up
2: next. Show's over. Yeah, Because I just want to tell you, I hate the positioning of your microphone. And I just, I can't, like, bad, describe, like, enough. Should I do this? Like, hate's just not strong enough of a word. See, now I is can see better? you. No, yeah, because I can bad, see dude. you. My bad, dude. I just
0: get fired up and I start talking to
2: James. And but then- you're a t- you have to remember, this is, you're, you're also a radio show that is broadcast out there visually to the world. And I'm... <laughs> I'm getting. I don't want this. Right. Kyle, you're Mason. welcome, viewer. Like, no. oh, this do. is. <laughs> Look at
5: that. in my like, hey, defense, it? I can't see you. He can see you from there. I, I can't. Oh, that's s- funny. I can't see you.
0: Well, the good news is, is next week, starting next week, uh, per sources, I'll be sitting in there. So,
2: oh, sources close to oh. sources close to the engineers. Very good. So, very Anyways. good. Well, they're the only people in the whole building that really matter. So, correct. <laughs> <that's> fine. Correct.
0: Seth, <laughs> fine. Jonathan, you that's guys are the right. best. Yeah. Uh, D- uh, D'Lo and Kenny coming up next on ESPN 1320.